inside Pandora, we have a specific um, in-house audio consultancy. Um, it's audio first because it's Pandora, but we, we do so much more, right? Every client will have different KPIs. So, so we keep those close to us because the benefit of working for Pandora is that we can turn around data insight. Understand that our, your audience, our audience, is, is always a moving target. Our, our platform is very video capable. Saldo was my first episode on season two. Listeners, welcome to Loud and Clear, a podcast for people who clearly give a shit about advertising and care about how the marketing and branding industries are evolving. Today we have an episode that has been planned for a while, but given the times we're living in today, including a pandemic, racial injustice, clients trying to pivot, and certainly life that sometimes get in the way, we were able to get together with him until today. But he's finally here. We welcome Alberto Santiago Deida, a Puerto Rican that has advertising in his DNA and music in his soul, and is today the multicultural creative director of Pandora and Studio Resonate. Alberto has been in ad agencies like Nobox in Miami, Bromley in San Antonio, Geometry New York, and GTB Dallas. He has also taught copywriting and, I guess, creative at the Creative Circus in Atlanta and Miami Ad School. He has also learned uh, himself at Hyper Island and has been to some digital practice classes at General Assembly. Most exciting, he has a podcast named Antes de que llegue el brief, Before the Brief Arrives, which you can find and listen to if Spanish is your thing at any of the platforms where you like to listen to your podcasts. Welcome, Alberto. Finally, you're here. Oh, thank you, Francisco. It's uh, I'm I'm humbled to be part of your uh, you know interviewees, and and uh, it's it's exciting to you know get a chance to discuss um, some of the subjects that your you know loud and clear podcast uh, brings to this uh, such an important subject of how do we bring creativity to multicultural to you know a bigger audience and to what's happening out there in the landscape. Um, I am, uh, as you mentioned, creative director at Pandora, a writer. Inside Pandora, we have a specific um, in-house audio consultancy. Um, and uh, Studio Resonate was built to actually connect clients. In, in this case, you are my client as an agency. You understand the brand. You have done the work and pretty much come to us with a brief and, and an objective and an assignment, thinking about, hey, I want to bring audio to this experience, to this consumer in this tone, um, with this mentality. And, you know, the goal of the brand is to reach as many ears and be precise, but also understand that our, your audience, our audience, is, is always a moving target. And emotional connections are as important as having strategic goals and things you want to achieve and things the brand needs to say in order to either create awareness, stay relevant, or make the audience go through the path of purchase, right? There's always something we need to do. The goal of advertising has always been to make people do something, in this case, to care about a, a cause, uh, go to a website or, you know, buy food or purchase yeah. you know, something that, that will make them feel better. 
Um, if we play with music, if we play with audio and sound, um, you know, it, it gives you some of the opportunities to use emotional connections and use audio and the power audio has in the brain to simplify a message, keep consistency, uh, show what the brand is all about and do it in an authentic way. And, and that's what we try to do. Um, you, you know this because you push for that side of emotional ideas that make the people do something. And that's why Lerma is relevant. That's why you guys are doing such an amazing work because you guys understand your audience better than, you know, a traditional general market agency. Um, and even though sometimes there's cross cultural um, pollination, as I would call it, right, between an idea that would be big enough to be universal or an insight that is GM, but also that works really well, there's, there's always an opportunity. But when it comes to being the experts, we can't go to client and say, hey, we're the experts on every single brand because as a publisher, we have different clients. We can't be the expert. So we bridge uh, your insights. You're the expert on the brand. We are the experts on the platform. We understand the audience. We understand the sound, the implications of keeping communication clear, simple, consistent. Um, and, you know, synergistically working together, there's always that collaboration factor. And and for me in, in the multicultural, uh, you know, team, um, we always depend and rely on agencies as much as with internal clients having their own multicultural teams um, in order to keep asking for why and what yeah. and how. Um, and that's that's my recipe for, hey, if we have all the information and you know exactly what you want to say, we can make something happen. And in audio is always audio first. That's why we are doing a podcast. Because audio really works. You know, it could entertain, mm -hmm. it could connect emotionally, it can change the mood, it could uh, make people feel something. And, and you know, that's, um, again, I'm also new to Pandora. I've, I've only been with them for two years. Yeah. Has a but you're also an agent of, of change, right? Within the within Pandora, I would say. I'm I am rocking the boat, as my boss right. just uh yeah mentioned a few days ago. It's like you're getting in good trouble and you know you're getting your name out there because of the good right reasons. Speaking of getting in trouble, like I gotta say, este Alberto, like I really enjoy I think it's something that publishers need and digital platforms need. So the idea of to me it's fascinating that Uh, companies like yours, companies like Pandora, companies like Facebook, like certain certain companies are starting to see the value of bringing in ad men or ad women into their space because at the end of the day, we're storytellers, right? The media has changed dramatically from, I don't know, 20 years ago, right? When we used to get a brief and, and the brief already had the media that we were supposed to fill in to now me perhaps calling you like it has happened and telling you a little bit of the story I'm trying to tell and you helping me out and how to tell that story the best way possible within, within your platform. But we still as an industry have the challenge that even though we're trying and you're an agent of change and you're getting in good trouble, like you said, Uh, we still have the challenge of how do we explain within this multi-million dollar industry that telling stories that are not necessarily off the shelf or, or already 
predetermined media buys uh, is the way to go or the way to differentiate a brand. Um, what, what what is the challenge there, and and where do you see that going? Do you see do you see uh, anything coming down the pipeline? Now, when it comes to Pandora and Stuart Resonate, and how do we already have a I, I would call it a a list of products and tools that are already ready to go to market, um, you know, with slight variations and modifications, and and when we have the opportunity to say, okay, this idea matches perfectly with this product because it has the tone, it has the style, and it has the KPIs. We, we still have to you know hit some KPIs and, and we rely on insights to actually reach performance. You try to understand to, the business goal to reach those, because I see the KPIs as two, right? Like the media KPIs, like CTR or, or impressions. It, every uh, every client, the, every, yeah, every client will have different KPIs. So so we keep those close to us because the benefit of working for Pandora is that we can turn around data insight. Yeah. And we have 20 years of data. Uh, billions of data points are collected every day in the musical journey of each of our listeners. 130 million listeners doing, eh, not all are on the tier uh, or the free tier, which is advertising sponsored, uh, but... Uh-huh the large majority um, and understanding how they listen, where they listen, how they behave, how they go from a playlist to playlist. Um, all of that is collected into, okay, how do we now activate sound? How do we reach this person in this moment, in this city with this uh, message at the mm-hmm. right time, which is, which is the benefit of, of having all of this be, digitally um, put together by the platform, right? Have you ever challenged a client's KPI? Like like saying, like, if you understand the business need, right? And they say, hey, we want to generate impressions or or we want to drive traffic. Uh, Have you ever said, hey, well, maybe that's, you're not looking at the right KPI or you're not doing the right media buy? I let the idea drive what the goal should be. And if, mm-hmm. if my idea is not helping the KPIs, it's not a good idea. It's something I would not present. It's something I, I know that it doesn't need to go forward. So maybe it dies because, again, maybe a different objective with a different set of KPIs will inspire this idea to work better or perform better for them at some point. Uh, but but I, don't, I don't think challenging a KPI is what we do in order to put together a better idea. What we do is to try to focus on the understanding of the creative platform and the audience itself. Um, Creativity, when it comes to sound, people think it's, you know, oh, Pandora is only a music player. And when we go into the system of how we actually think about ideas, and how we actually want to interact with the audience. Um, then it's when it comes clear that, well, maybe this KPI would be better if we had a stronger call to action and a simpler user interface and driving a listener from music station to a generator to a landing page to you know whatever your goal is. 
Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens with with just switching a display. Sometimes it's bigger than that because um, whether we like it or not, some clients come with a very strict uh, brief with little flexibility and uh, lots of understanding in what they want to achieve, but very little understanding of what Pandora can do, right? And that's why we sometimes go to agencies and say, hey, we can do this for you. We've done this for you. We've done it this way, but we can also do this. And we can also help you think things like this one. And that's when, you know, we we kind of open our clients, agency partners. Um, sometimes uh, we, we've done this for bigger groups online now that we have the opportunity. Um, to educate on on there's a way to do creative that it's audio activated but it that it also performs really well for brands and yeah. sometimes getting in trouble means uh, were you a big just, were you a big radio writer in the in the in your agency life I I like to think I was back when I was in Puerto Rico. Um, in the U.S., in the traditional agencies, it, there's less radio or there was less radio. Um, but I always been an audio guy um, and I've always been passionate about this um, in terms not only of music, but um, I think uh, some of my awards are radio spots. Right. And, and it's it's super selfish to say, well, you know, the writer's medium, because if you're a writer, you're thinking about radios alone. Um, very rarely you get to brainstorm, but you know, whenever you bring some of that uh, experience, some of that passion, some of that understanding of the creative process into a big agency or a big in-house like Pandora, um, mm-hmm. you you kind of like shock the rest of the team, and you like, oh well, you know, we have art directors, we have project managers. We have uh, writers, CDs, coders, you know, all, all of the components of a, of a traditional agency. But yes. most of them don't come from the agency side. We're creatives because they were doing, you know, uh, things at Pixar or they were producing audio or they are full time musicians who have a sidekick as a Pandora audio engineer. Right. So they're makers, uh, creators. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Yes. They understand the creative side as a creative artistic side and not creative as creative from an agency. Jesus, I'm, I wish I was as creative as some of the people in my team because they are creatives in so many other aspects that are not advertising relevant. But what made you make that jump, right, internally? What were you were you feeling? What were you thinking? What what was your intuition to make that jump from, from ad agency to a platform like this, like Pandora? The most interesting part for me from going from agency to jumping into an in-house is the learning, um, relearning the creative process, um, adapting myself into a new world of data and the obviously we we in the on the agency side we have an appreciation for our planners our our data you know miners people who actually take you know the the output and make sense of it for us to turn it into a brief um 
it's so much data and it's so rich, um, such an intense process of uh, creating something from an insight here, a product here, you know, a goal here. Um, that for me, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm just learning to do the craft from the basic. And mm-hmm. it gets very complicated. It gets uh, sometimes convoluted. So my goal is as a creative coming from the agency side, it's to put focus on, hey, what's the idea here? What do we care about? And what do we need to say? Because mm-hmm. again, it, it becomes systematic. It becomes uh, part of a template. It becomes, you know, off the shelf, a product that it's ready to go. So mm-hmm. as a creative from the agency side, you know, we, we weren't, uh, I would say, uh, we weren't taught to just replace and reproduce and, and do something that it feels generic. Um, so it's hard for me to say, okay, this is the idea and this is the product. How do we make even on an existing product, how do we make this unique mm-hmm. for the client and for the listener? Because is it always goal, within within the platform of Pandora, or, or do you venture to other platforms, or how? how, bigger, does, how do now, you guys now we now we have had the chance to go off platform in specific products. Uh, some clients request that uh, we do, you know, produce audio, produce uh, you know an experience or. Uh, a micro site, a landing page, um, and, outside and sometimes the platform. outside the platform. Sometimes it okay. stays within Pandora. Most of the time, it stays within Pandora. Uh, and you but guys are also some... doing events, right? Events, yes. physical events. Yeah. So that's that's the integration with other parts of the team. You see, you know, from the agency side inside to resonate, working with sales. I've never done that before on the agency side. I've never been this trans- transparent to knowing how they do their business and how they go out after clients and how they pitch Pandora. Do you see yourself thinking more consumer first? Like, and not only consumer, like people first, because it's about just human experiences, right? I, I, I see myself um, switching sides depending on who I'm fighting. Right. So if it's the sales, I want to keep it creative. And then if it's my creative team, I want to keep it simple and human and emotional. Because, again, sometimes we go to the opposite sides of um, they understand the platform, but they don't understand ideas and communication. And then my team who understands ideas and communications sometimes stays to the cookie cutter. Like, oh, we've done this before, so let's keep doing it this way instead of saying, okay. Sometimes you have to, you know, deliver what you promise. And that is better most of the time. It will keep the lights on and Pandora business moving forward. But sometimes you have to challenge because you know the client. And, you know, if it's Gatorade, if it's White and Kennedy, if it's uh, Dove, right? You have specific clients that come to you because they want new, fresh never done before and Erna. that's yes yeah and, and that's <laughs> and that's how and that's how you know those brands outside as a consumer you right. know that they're going to be you know it's it's the nike of um so how do you impress nike with something that it's been done before that you have offered to other clients um and and how and this is my challenge how do you not just because you want to 
break the rules, break the software, and break the idea down to simplify it, to make it feel fresh, to make it feel authentic. If you have something that works and you know it's working, um, the idea matches the product, then go ahead, move forward with that because you know you're going to rely. Your client is going to see results. And results are going to keep clients coming back. But sometimes you also see a specific brief with a specific idea that matches a product that you have to break in order to make unique, to make different, to amplify, or to just, uh, it it might be that you sometimes simplify the product um, in a way that, you know, oh, it's going to, if I simplify this way, it matches the idea, but it's not going to be uh, more expensive. So it's going to be cheaper for the client. Why would we want to do that? Conceptually, Mm -hmm. it's a contradiction, right? Because our goal is first, keep listeners listening, keep clients coming back and showing them performance. And then the third one is making the creative experience enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if, if we keep it simple, that, we- that's your biggest challenge, no? Like, if you if if you're keeping, uh, you know, users or listeners listening, right? You're doing something right, right? Um, if uh, and and you're able to sell in order to keep the lights on, as you said, like if you're able to sell that space, you you could argue you're doing something right as well. But I think there's a challenge, and I think this is where you're where you're going, and I think also where our mindset is at Lerma is. Uh, you're doing a better service in helping clients stand out from the regular, you know, those spaces or media spaces that you have. And I think, I think as a challenge is you're doing something right, having the listeners, you're doing something right, bringing the brands, but you're doing something even better, uh, giving that brand a unique space that's very ownable only to them, right? Within, within your platform. And I think, that's, I think, the evolution of, of of where things are going. And that's why there's tons of brands that own part of a property of have developed long lasting relationships with platform like yours, uh, where they own a space and it's something they created together. It, they, they created the soap opera of Procter and Gamble, right? Uh, like it's, it's something that it's a, le- a swim lane that they innovated in the space of of, of media and communication and storytelling. And it's getting better. Clients are getting smarter about sound. They are There's seeing so the opportunities. They are seeing the opportunity. So they are seeking uh, the big players for education, for sonic strategy, for elevating brand voice, understanding tone, because they do see that voice has legs and a future and that we're moving slowly but surely to a voice activated world and and with that it might be bigger than just uh the a 30 second audio ad yeah but if we are able to use voice to take people on a journey that for them resonates creates impact and for the client it's memorable and it drives results, then again, we are uh, in the right place, right in the middle uh, to connect those worlds. And and sometimes we, we're not saving lives. Advertising should be as simple as possible. 
in order to connect and to stay in the memory. Uh, so making people smile works. Um, driving people to sounds they recognize makes the you know works. Uh, making people remember you because you're funny, enjoyable, and easy to listen. Uh, those are universal. We we didn't create those rules. I mean, from from the ages uh, I would say of uh, uh, radio uh, soap operas, right? El radio stories. El mío Cid, you know. Like, yes, it's clever. <laughs> It's not, we're, we're not, we're not, we're just now seeing the renaissance of audio of yeah. like, oh, it's coming back and we're applying the rules and techniques that worked in the past, but now in the digital space where we have control, where we can collect, where we can improve and, and see results and performance and then take a step back and, you know, either make it better or change the whole message, um, yeah. the conversation. Um, and, and for me, I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm, I feel like I'm at Disney World, if I want to be honest, because I get to play with music. I get to do creative. I still uh, sit down and write scripts, uh, which for a creative director usually gets a little bit more harder when you are, you know, answering more emails or, uh, you know, in more or meetings. The business side, uh, yeah. I have two quick questions. One is, I remember... Uh, Martin Sorel, still at WPP, you know, there's this whole debate because there's people that get excited about people like you and agencies like you, right? About the possibilities of what we can do within your platforms. But there's also fear of, of, of people like you and agencies like you guys, especially on the agency side of where do you draw the line between being an agency or a platform or a publisher? And... Martin Sorel, I remember that there, that time I was at, at IAB, I think in New York, uh, Interactive Advertising Mix Awards, I think. He came up and said, well, we shouldn't be afraid. You know, we have a, as, as agencies on the outside, we have a, a, the strength of being agnostic, agnostic to platforms. We're able to collaborate with people and, and minds of the like of, of Alberto and, and his team and create unique experiences, but we're also able to go to other platforms and do the same thing and, and maintain a story that's coherent for our brands. With that in mind, what do you see now that you're on the other side and you were able to experience uh, agency and an and internal agent, what you call an internal agency, which I think at the end is Pandora. Um, what do you see that's missing on the agency structure? Where are we Where are we needing to evolve? Even though we have that advantage of being agnostic, uh, there's always room for improvement. What do you I, think? I can't call myself, myself a media expert, uh, but I, the, the situations I encounter as a creative was um, on the agency side, the media plan um, commands and leads the brief. And that media package has already been negotiated and bought ahead of time. So when you start that way, um, obviously you see the end of the tunnel and you know where you need to go, but it also doesn't um, let the idea breathe by itself and organically express itself the way you think the consumer is going to react better to it. You're forcing the audience to react to a specific media. The challenge of media agnostic is that we already are there. Um, and people come to us because they want to talk to a specific audience. And now more than ever, people are listening. 
connected on, you know, their headphones and, and surviving. I mean, we're all in COVID mode, as you mentioned at the beginning, and uh, the listening hours are up. People are trying to use music to soothe their, you know, soul senses and their minds. So you see a lot of changes in data, data behavior, uh, other than going up, like in, in genres and in uh, type of users, age. Yeah, you see yes. that. What about yeah. subscri- subscriptions versus ad-driven? Uh, so, so first, before I answer that one, um, you you hit the, the nail hard. It's music, behavior, and place. So more on-home connected devices mm-hmm. are going up instead of car because we're not driving anymore. So so the, the usual, I would say, metrics of what's happening out there, it's also affecting how people consume music. Um, now, going into paid or advertised or advertising, uh, the advertising model, um, subscription is not the goal for Pandora. Okay. We do have around six to seven million subscribers. The number goes up and down. It has which is a big difference between you and Spotify, right? Yes, because because they are um, subscription first based. They do have a free product, but that wasn't their intention. You you pay a fee, you get to choose the music the way you like. That is that is straight, and it's global. Mm -hmm. Pandora is ad supported first because. Although you don't get to choose specific music tracks, we do offer specific products that advertisers could use to do that. But our goal is to get to know the listener so that we can guess the music journey and have or offer a layback experience. Just tell us what you like and then we'll recommend. And that how is... You know, Pandora is, is using the secret sauce and the billions of data points for 20 years um, to actually... So in, Pandora, in Pandora, you're hiring a DJ. In Spotify, you're being hired as a DJ. That's exactly it. It's like uh, you you have a more laid back experience. And although you don't know when that favorite song is going to come inside your musical journey, you know that at some point we're going to hit the highs and hit the lows and say, okay, I like this, and you interact with it. So you train the app, thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, We do really well on the subscription, uh, but we do way, way better on the free tier, on the advertising uh, side, because, because we have more listeners. Uh, You know, any, any, any app with 6 million subscribers, you know, has a has a really good business model. Right. Um, we do have six million subscribers on one side, but we also have, you know, sixty million listening on Pandora for free. If you add on top of that uh, uh, an additional, we would call it twenty to thirty um, on SoundCloud, which has a special specific relationship with us, um, and we basically are their sales uh app force or you know they're, mm-hmm. they're we do the sales. yeah so we we sell pandora's selling and if you're listening on soundcloud for free then you might also get part of that experience but also 
you know, our insights and our technique and our production qualities. Um, so 60, 30, um, way more users now that we're, you know, integrating Stitcher and, and uh, putting other platforms that um, are part of the Sirius XM world. Um, mm-hmm. We go to around 100 million listeners and then it's that, that the numbers are huge. But if we focus on multicultural audience and the audiences that are specific to this lifestyle of I'm not going to pay for music if I get it for free at Pandora, mm-hmm. we end up with the largest multicultural audience of any ad supported platform out there. Basically, also, we are in the U.S. um, and only operate in the U.S., which uh, it might be an advantage. It might be a a business model disadvantage because, again, we're in the U.S., but what we're focusing really um, well is on doing it really well and performing for our clients and, and, you know, not going to Canada or not going to Mexico. Um, Again, it's, it's part of a business operation and you know our uh, i can't talk about business and where pandora wants to go um in mm-hmm. the future but as long as we keep doing what we're doing really well for our clients uh, we're going to keep eating the ears and the share of radio and traditional radio which still a big size monster when it comes to consumption, when it comes to age brackets, when it comes to how many people listen to traditional radio. So again, the digital space is getting crowded, um, Mm. but there's still so much space because people still rely um, on traditional AM, FM radio broadcast. With with so many multicultural ears at your, you know, within your ecosystem, do you guys have any sort of costs uh, you know, there's so much good that you can do, right? With 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 so many people listening, um, and with things that are going on in the world today, are are you guys discussing internally, and especially you guys being in Studio Resonate, which is you know the storytelling arm, if you if you may, of of Pandora? Are you guys working on anything, or have some sort of cost-related approach? to making the world better? We do have specific pro bono uh, projects and, and things that we do um, that are causes um, that you know shy away from helping uh, food banks or driving to call to actions for homeless. Um, we've done all sorts of um, what I would call awareness messages. Um, in, in this case, uh, one recent project was how do we support it you know, bigger orgs, um, understand COVID responsibility, um, you know, cleanliness, hand washing, um, understanding germs and, you know, mask wearing. Um, So we do the education part. um, And we also internally focus on how do we spread the message? Any plans for you guys to jump harder into video? But most of the video we play is ad units based on something that came from the client and that they want to first play and that would unlock a reward for the listener long format what do you think uh, you know video perhaps not but are, are radio radio novelas you know from you being for from puerto rico perhaps <laughs> me from mexico is that something that you see coming back i know 
you know, Netflix style, series style podcast is huge. Uh, what, what do you think there? Radio novelas, is that a trend? Is it happening? I'm seeing, yes, I'm seeing a, a few of those from few studios uh, doing it really well, like with really like A-list celebrity voices. Um, I think there's an, yes. Um, maybe, I mean, the, the last one I'm catching is from BMW. Um, okay. and it's, it's a really good one, but uh, there's many others that are not branded or there are just, uh, creative products from a creative podcast studio brand, right? They want to first put their name out there and then they want to say, okay, we can do this for your brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with, with Sirius XM getting into the podcast, podcast business, the way in, you know, they've, they've been doing it very aggressively. Um, we now have the capabilities of an app where you can record and publish your podcast. We now have the Stitcher. Um, we now have a few studios that are part of the ecosystem at Stitcher. So branded podcasts that are telenovelas based on an insight that contain you know, brand messages. I think that's a cool, cool idea. We're not very far away, but we're not there yet producing original content. So where, where can people find you if they have questions? I mean, I know you, you talked about also having a crowdsourcing system there. You obviously, the way you approach to music, the way you connect the dots is great. Um, is there anybody where people can follow you, uh, reach out to you that you want to share? Yeah, yeah that, that would be great. Um, first, antes de que llegue el brief, A-D-Q-L-E-B, um, antes de que llegue el brief, uh, a podcast, a website, um, conversations with creatives. I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of that project. Uh, I think uh, it helps me distill the brain, you know, the brain from the creative. And the, I know you have one with Aldo, right? From the soul. Yes, yes. Aldo was one, uh, my first uh, episode on season two. So Aldo from Lerma. On LinkedIn, Alberto uh, Deida, Alberto Santiago Deida. Um, just wanted to say thank you, Francisco. Uh, thank you so much for being our guest here in Loud and Clear. For all you folks out there, thank you again for listening. This has been Loud and Clear. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where you can leave a review and subscribe. Google, Stitcher, or really wherever you listen to your podcast. We're everywhere, we're even on Pandora now. And we would love to hear from you. So if you have any any ideas, any thoughts on the podcast, we really want to bring in together people who give a shit about advertising, people who care about marketing, people who care about communication in general. Uh, we thank you so much. We look forward to listening to you again. Thank you. And um, yeah, for the audience, if, if you have questions, uh, just yeah, put them below on the comments section. We'll get to them and try to bring some clarity and honesty to Loud and Clear, which I think the name is Muchingonway. Right?